0: We are live, and welcome to episode 24 of TLC Tech, Learn, Coffee. I am your host, Lisa Nowakowski, along with Nancy Minnikozzi. I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County.
1: And I'm Nancy. I'm an ed tech coach in Northwest LA County. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Hi.
0: Hi. Thanks. Um. So let's see. So uh, the reminder of our podcast focus is that it is accessible on your schedule, thus the 15-minute format. Uh, This allows you to get your own questions answered either on our website or on our YouTube chat. Personalized mobile PD, so you choose a focus and listen to where, listen to it where you want to. Please contact us if you know of someone who would be a great guest. If you enjoy our podcast, and we hope you do, why wouldn't you? Um, please support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel, and just uh, search up TLC Ninja Teachers. You can also look for us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. And while you're there, rate us. It makes it more. Uh, it makes it easier for others to uh, go ahead and find us as well
1: okay and today's coffee fact for the best cup of coffee not only do you have to start with quality coffee beans of course but you need to store them properly so you need to keep them away from air and moisture and heat and light all of which can affect freshness and flavor the best way to do that is to store them in an opaque airtight container at room temperature clear canisters can let in too much light which will damage your beans you should store them away from heat sources, which include th- obvious things like ovens and stoves, but also places on your counter that get strong sun, even if they look pretty there. <laughs> um, tonight's guest is Veronica Tadeo, who will be talking to us about differentiated writing at the middle school level.
0: All right. And welcome, Veronica. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, what you teach, where you teach.
2: Okay. So uh, my name is Veronica. I am a seventh and eighth grade teacher, and I teach at Fester Junior High in Santa Maria. Uh, This is my 12th year teaching. I started my career in elementary school. Um, I taught first grade, and then I went to third grade, and now I am in um, seventh and eighth. So it's been a big leap. But all of it relates because I use so many of the strategies from elementary school in junior high writing, um, which is what brought me here today. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about, like, what what does the writer's workshop look like at the junior high level and how do you differentiate writing for junior high students? So I'm going to start with, um, like, my go-to tools, which is the Google GAF, like, um So if you start with a rubric for example, using a Google Form, you can collect data and then use that data to group students by their skills or their needs. Um, and I know this is a podcast, but do you want me to share like live documents at this point? Uh-huh. Sure,
0: go ahead.
2: Okay, so I think I can do it this way screen share. Yeah, let's do some application entire screen. So I'm really excited to, um, Talk about a little bit about Google Forms because I'm not sure when they updated this, this uh, version. Now, when you do a rubric, can you see that, Lisa and Nancy? Yes, Lisa? you can. Yes. Okay. So, when you use uh, Google Forms now, they have all these awesome graphs that you can just like uh, analyze immediately. So, my rubric, I took from the state, the SBAC, I have it up here somewhere. I took it from the SBAC um, writing rubric. This is our most recent unit. Um, uh, let me, I'll find it later. And what I did is I just made a form with the same um, criteria and elements, and it's just your simple zero to four. But what I really like about this is that when I grade student writing, I get instant uh, data that I can just analyze visually like this through Google. And if I scroll, it's very clear to me which elements or skills students um, need more support in. So for example, conventions. If I look down here, a a blue is the level four, which is at this point advanced. A three is your benchmark. A two is um, right below the benchmark. A one is far below. And then a zero is like no point. So if I look at this, I can tell just by the colors, and I can hover over as well, and immediately get an idea of the skills that my students need more support in. So in this case, I can see greens. Greens are my level ones. And there's several greens in this convention. For example, 10s is a huge one. It says 11 students out of my class, out of 56 that I graded narratives for, 11 um, are scored a one on a tense, And 14 scored one. So that's a lot. That's 24. If I continue run-ons, um, 11 again, and 16. So that's about 50% of the students who score below grade level on um, writing complete sentences complex sentences instead of like the run-ons and the fragments so you can see that this data is very important um, and what I like is not only can I see this visually I can also go to the um, out to the uh, the Excel it's not Excel the spreadsheet view and I already blocked out student's names, so students names are on the farthest left I can sort this data right by the criteria so if I go to conventions and then I sort it, a through Z, I can order organize this data so that I can quickly identify which students scored low or below grade level, and I can group them into a group. So here you can see I've highlighted 15. And if I continue, sorry, I'm still at school here. And if I highlight all of these, I can immediately identify a group of students. And in this case, there's 28 who fall below grade level. That's a lot in the class that needs support in this criteria, in this element. Um, So once I group them and I have actual data, I'm not guessing. And that's really powerful because I don't need to repeat a skill, I don't need to reteach it to particular students. Once I have the data in their group, I move into actual um, groups. And behind me, I have it set up. So I don't know if you can see, but when students walk in that day to class, I'll have groups. You're still on. Oh, there it is. okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, so you'll see uh, I will have specific stations already ready. On the next slide, I'm going to show you like it has their names, but I'm going to skip that so you don't. Um, I have students already separated by groups based on their skills and what I've graded, like what I see from the data. And then I create lessons and um, where students are going to go for that day, and there's two ways I run the stations. I either do like 40 minute blocks because we're on a block schedule, so our classes are 80 minutes. So I either do 40 minute uh, two rotations, so students only visit two stations because I need them to spend more time at those, or on days when I need to hit more skills, I'll cover and I'll do 70 minute four different stations. So there's two ways I approach it. Um, it just depends on how long. That um, like how long are the skills and the practice that students need at a station, and versus um, who needs to go to what, and then if I have students that are advanced, for example, and I can tell from the data again if they don't need a particular skill, I send students to where's my Google Classroom up here. So I'll add I'll add like advanced lessons on Google Classroom, and I will. Like, I vet them, so I'll still go through and, like, look for resources that students can use. But instead of me scaffolding the lesson and giving students, um, I leave it up to them. I just give them the direct links. Here it is, independent learning. And it's up to that student to figure out how to digest and how to grab the most from this information so that he or she can use the skills. So, for example, um, I noticed some of my students were ready to move on to, like, a positives or how to use a semicolon to combine um, uh, clauses. So I posted these as advanced lessons because those particular students did not have to sit through the rotations anymore, because they've shown me that they can, they've can they mastered those skills. So using data to drive the groups is really powerful, because you can avoid students from repeating the same skills. You can really target the ones that need the most help. And then you know exactly what you're going to teach when you get to um, when they get to that group or that rotation with you. I really like the writer's workshop for junior high um, because it works just like it would in elementary level. Um, you you get that one-on-one time with students, you get to zoom, zoom in on the skills they need, and you get to really hone in and focus on that one skill that they need to repeat over and over until they get it right. Um, when they come to me, Students come to me, and they have they'll have their rubric printed. So, like the rubric that I graded on Google Classroom. I'm gonna see if I can find a good example for you. So they'll come to me, and they'll have their rubric stapled to the end of their papers. Am I still on camera? Can you see? You you still have it on the screen Um, there? Okay, I can't see myself. That's why. And then they'll come (laughs) to me, and then depending on what skill we are focused, like for example, when they come see me at writers' workshop, and let's just throw out that I'm working on run-ons that day. Um, I'll have them identify their own run-ons. And then they'll like, they'll take a strip of paper, and then they'll correct the run-on based on the um, information or like the strategy I give them. And then they'll tape it above. And then this draft, after all the markings, they'll take this draft, and then they'll publish it. But we go Veronica,
0: we can't see the draft because you still have it on um, screen sharing.
2: Oh, that's… Let's stop sharing for a second. Is that better? Ah, there we go. Okay. There you are. Yeah. So the students come to me with their drafts, and then they'll have their rubrics attached. So they know what skills they need to um, advance in. Like for example, students will know what their you know zeros, ones, and they know that we try to push to be at least a three in every element. So they'll come see me, and let's say, for example, that this is my run-on sentence group. So the students will then sit down, and with partners, they'll identify run-on sentences in their writing. And then they'll grab um, strips of paper, and then they'll rewrite it based on the strategies that I provide them with. With like extra work on the board, so we go over a couple of them, and then um, they apply it directly to their writing. And then their drafts end up having like tons of these little um, like revisions and edits on them because that's how they apply it. And then they end up, and at the end, they'll publish their piece, and they'll have a much cleaner, much more sophisticated piece because they've corrected and edited and um, revised their mistakes. So I find that by organizing the writer's workshop in this manner, I can really, really hone in on students' individual mistakes, group them by that mistake, and not repeat the strategies. Um, they, When they're done completely, they'll publish on Google Classroom. I'll post a blank document, and then they rewrite it. They type it. They'll end up typing it. They use MLA format, so they go through the whole process of like double space, indent, um, you know. Have your last name, page number on the top right. So they follow the MLA format, and we make sure that their published piece, um, you know, it's up to standard basically to the format that's going to match what the high school teachers expect from students. So, wow, in, that's amazing. Uh, it, it's a lot that we do, um, but I love, love breaking up writing in that workshop model because students feel like we are actually. Um, Tackling the skills they still lack in. They know what they lack in, and we're not guessing. Um, And when they get to my station, for example, I have the whiteboard station. So if any student, and my groups are pretty small, they're not larger than seven students at a time. And so when they get to me, uh, we'll open up with, like, anyone have a question about one of your run ons? So we'll throw their run ons on the board and we'll correct it together, run ons in their own papers. And this applies to all skills. It can be, you know, fragments, it can be uh, comma splice, tense, like did you mix up your tense with present or past. Any any of those convention skills, call them in the same format. And the same applies for revisions too. Um, I just feel that uh, editing is like the one that I can really explain this method with. But revisions is the same way. If they're missing, for example, details, I'll know because of the rubric. And we'll tackle details on that day they come to see me. And then we'll rotate, and we'll move on from it. Um, and from their first narrative to their uh, final one, which we give them a timed one when we grade them, there's a significant improvement in their skills. And we can see it, because when we compare the rubrics from their first to their last one, um, you can tell that students have grown in the particular areas that we pointed out to them, because they usually go from a 0 to like a 3, or from a 1 you know, to a 3,
1: but there is growth.
0: Awesome. Well, that was our timer. So you have one minute Like, left to kind of wrap it up or give us any advice. I mean, clearly we're not going to jump into something like this. So um, I you, would start. built up to
2: it. Okay. Well, I would start by saying that if you're tackling writing, uh, use a rubric to grade students' work. And the reason I love Google Forms, as I've shown you, is that it gives you very clear graphs and lots of visuals where you can quickly scan But more importantly, you have the data that you can export and still play around with as a spreadsheet so you can group students. So use data to group students, first of all. Second, once you have them grouped, don't let students repeat lessons that show that they've already mastered. Let them on. Advanced students can move on to something more advanced. Students who need the repetition can stay with you and they can repeat. But let students move on if they're ready. They don't have to be stifled or held back because the rest of the class is um, still learning the same, or they need more practice on the same skill.
1: So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was great. I loved hearing it. Uh, Thank you for listening, all the the listeners out there. Um, If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. And uh, please join us on Monday, March 20th, when our guest will be you. We are attending the Q conference next week and we'll be interviewing Attendees for our next podcast. If you have an idea about what we should ask them, please contact us via the form on our website, tlc.ninja, or just tweet at us and let us know. Remember uh, to use the hashtag Ninja Teachers, and we are at TLC Ninja. Also, if you happen to run into us in person at Q, ask us for a sticker. We've got these awesome stickers designed by us. And we'd be happy to give you one.
0: And we can show you how we design those on our lesson uh, as we presented on
1: oh, yeah. Thursday.
0: Thursday, no,
1: correct? Friday. No, Friday. Friday afternoon, 3.30. Find us at two. Right.
0: Shameless plugs. Um, (laughs) So remember, we are always looking for guests to share great things and what they're doing in their classrooms. If you know someone who fits the bill or if you'd like to be our guest, please visit us at TLC.ninja and complete the uh, contact form or you can go ahead and tweet us out using the hashtag Ninja Teachers. All right. Thank you. And we'll see you in two weeks when you're our guest.
1: Thank you.